Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This one's for the birds. This one's for the city. This one for the fans that bleed green with me. Push down to 95 to the right is the link. With the team pulling up knowing that they're getting beat. Exit Broad Street. Right on Patterson. Xfinity Live. CPP. What's happening? Dub F. Lot. Stop by F1. Fly. Eagles fly. You hear the song getting sung? What team in the league is number one? Bird gang. Bird gang. Yeah, I said it twice. You heard me say it once. Now you sure you heard it right. No lies being told. Yeah, it's all facts. It ain't me. Green to Kelly, we don't rock with that. Any given Sunday, we don't ever slack. Yeah, we got an SP, time to run it back. And even on the road, yeah, we taking over. All you see is see a green like you at the Nova. Care less about your squad, bro, it's only us. A cheesesteak tailgate, yeah, we good, bro. Beer pong baptism, you already know. Con shot, tomato pie, bring three of us. After every bird gang, you know where to be. Fourth of John, NBC, in the heart of Philly. About the birds, about the birds, all about the birds. E Rock, yeah, sign the Hollywood. Here we go, broadcasting live from NBC Sports Philadelphia Studios in the heart of the Wells Fargo Center. Welcome to Fourth and John, episode 109. Boys and girls, your Philadelphia Eagles beat the Chicago Bears now have a winning record of five and four. How you feeling about that, Gail? Excellent. How you feeling about that, Ev? I feel great. Yeah, everybody's feeling great. They held the Bears offense. To, uh, they held the Bears offense to nine yards and punted six times in the first half. How you feeling about that, Gail? Excellent. How you feeling about that, Ev? Great. The Eagles dominated the time of possession game by controlling the ball for over 40 minutes in the entire game. Gail, how you feeling about that? Excellent. Evan, great. Eagles didn't commit a single turnover. Gail, how you feeling about that? Excellent. Evan. <laughs> positive? Positive here? So we are feeling positive about all that. So somebody explained to me, while walking out of Lincoln Financial Field with what we wanted, a dub against the Bears, a winning record, and the Eagles playing the Eagles football that we saw against the Green Bay Packers and the Buffalo Bills, why I felt so meh about that game and this team and why I'm walking into NBC today feeling down about this team over what has transpired over the last 48 hours. I don't have any long, drawn-out introduction for you tonight. I'm not standing on my soapbox or giving you any rah-rah speeches. This is going to be, with the bye week looming, a a, a come-to-meeting Jesus, or come-to-Jesus meeting for E-Rock. Because I don't know why 
even though they're winning, even though they're doing what we want to, that uh, I'm holding on to like the last little bit of hope that I have for this team. I'm internally confused. And the bye week is coming at the perfect exact time. Because just like a toxic relationship, dude, I need a break. Like, I need a break from the Eagles. Eagles, you got to go figure out your stuff. I need to go figure out my stuff. And we'll meet you back at the link to play the New England Patriots. So I'm going to turn it right to you, Gail. How do you feel about this? I mean, are you up? Are you down? No, I mean, leaving the the, the stadium, I felt like it was, it's kind of feeling, I was feeling weird leaving the stadium with that, that feeling in my gut. Like, what did I just see? Who is this team? We're halfway through the season. You know, we lose Deshaun. I think losing Deshaun was a, a, a big factor. You know, like we thought we, he could give us something, but watching him go down early in the game, you're like, oh, geez, here we go. But I think in terms of uh, soul searching, this team really has to, you know, check their gut. You know, what is this team? You know, in, in this time off, they have to figure out, you know, how far are they going to go in the season? Uh, what is their identity? And I think we did see some, you know, recipe for success in the last couple of games with the, with the Bills. Uh, it started with Green Bay. And if, if it's, it happened against, with, against the Bears, running the football. Um, you know, dialing up some of these screens, getting the ball out of your hand, you know, play action, some misdirection. I think uh, guys getting guys back healthy. The defense looks solid. I mean, that's what you wanted to see from the, this defense. I talked about, you know, playing against Josh Allen and now Mitchell Trubisky. These are like warm-up games for this defense as a whole. Uh, you know, a guy like uh, Jannard Avery helps us out with a, you know, nice we're, we're getting little pieces and intricate parts of this defense back you saw them play some press man you saw them four corners out there you know that that was interesting um but obviously it's got to it's got to be a concern when when the offense when we're talking about the wide receivers mm-hmm. you know any offense uh you know this is a passing league in the nfl when you look at our wide receivers, the drops, uh, it's, it's concerning. Alshon Jeffrey, a guy who had three key drops, you mm-hmm. know, like that's that's not Alshon. He, that, he's a confident guy in this in this locker room. You look at Nelson Aguilar, a guy you, you throw the ball up there, you don't know if he's going to catch it. Uh, you don't know if he's going to drop it. You don't even know if he's going to run the right route. But I think they have to uh, really fix that position. Jordan Matthews. Could he be back in, with the with the squad? Had a physical t- today. Um, he, he's uh, you know part of the brotherhood with Carson Wentz. It, does he need a, a playmaker that he he can tr- trust? Um, but they have to do something. And I talked about it weeks ago, where Howie Roseman, you know, being the GM, you have to forecast some of the, these issues that arise. And having Mac Hollins out there and JJ, those guys haven't had a catch since September. So I, some things need to be fixed. Well, we're certainly going to get into the wide receiver issues, the wide receiver ro- woes surrounding this team. Also, the injuries. The never-ending third year in a row being decimated by injuries. We're going we're gonna to dabble a little bit of that as well. But, but too, like walking out of the stadium, Gail, you and I had spoke prior to, uh, at, the, at the tailgate prior to the game, and you said, how are you feeling about this game? And I said, I don't know. And it's not because the Bears scare me or or I'm worried about what the Bears might do in their game plan. I'm more worried about us. I'm more worried about that 
the game plan that the Eagles had versus the Bills, which highlighted the strengths of the offense, which was the running game and the tight ends, was more of a product of the weather up there than it was actually them using their brain and putting together a offensive strategy that surrounded their strengths. And luckily, we walked out of there feeling good that the Eagles did, in fact, run the ball, dedicated themselves to run. In fact, put up 146 yards against one of the league's top rushing defenses. So again, we should be walking out of there, chin held high, feeling good about ourselves, walking into the studio, feeling some sort of way about this team, and I'm struggling to get through it. Evan Hollywood Hearn, maybe you can explain it to me. How are you feeling about this team? It's odd, man. It's odd coming in here feeling this type of way after a win. Like it, this whole vibe in the room just kind of feels like like we watched this team lose, and it. it I can't explain why. Like to, to touch on what you said, maybe it was the weather that while we were running with uh, while we were running so much over for two hundred yards in Buffalo. But the identity of this team, no doubt, is is held. The, the strength of this offense is the running backs and the tight ends. And we really, beyond that, don't have much And no. when, I, when I'm looking outside. Um, when you've got a guy that's your number one, he's supposed to be your number one wide receiver, and he's got three crucial drops, one of which hitting him, like, in the chest. Like, I would have to try my hardest to drop that ball. <laughs> I, I, I don't understand how it happens, but... Mike Grow, I think there's something to be said about him as well. I, I, I find myself last night getting aggravated, watching Golden Tate making just an amazing play, playing well for the Giants. And for someone that they said is un, uh, he, they're unable to work him into the offense, that's certainly a guy we could use right now. It kind of reminds you of J-Jaw. Uh, like if he can't utilize uh, a Golden Tate, right. is he having problems utilizing... And, and like the the whole thing is that like we are and I hate to be this guy because I hate when I hear this but we are a Nelson Aguilar drop and a Jay Jaw drop away from being seven and two and having a completely different vibe completely in this different room. vibe in this room we we we, we, we would be hanging our heads up high and I remember leaving that Atlanta stadium after we watched Nelson and I first of all all the chance they were they were piling on onto us but cheesesteaks yeah cheesesteaks sucks in chat just thinking to myself i was like it's week two but if we are scratching and clawing our way to try and get into the playoffs we're going to look back at these games and we're going to be like that is something that that could have made a difference in the season in week two every game matters you only got 16 of them yeah. and we could we could be seven and two and we are far from it and we look far from it this, this doesn't feel like a very good team that we got right now. I mean, but they have an opportunity. Like, if they, going down the stretch, you know, they, they have, uh, you know, Washington. They have the Giants <laughs> twice. Yeah. They have Dolphins. Those are, I'm not going to say every win is an easy win in the NFL, but those are some winnable games. But they also there. have the Patriots, Seattle, right. and the Cowboys. So, I think you have to steal... You know, you have to figure out which team are we going to see. But the problem those guys. is, is that we have to steal wins from teams in the first place. Right. We, we went into this league, we went into this season thinking that we had somewhat of a dominant roster, thinking we were going to be one of the premier teams in the league, and that's not the case. So, so where, like, percentage-wise, how, how are you feeling about making the playoffs? About making the playoffs, I think. Let's hold. Let's hold on to that. Let's let's talk our way through it because we got a lot to get to in this show. We've got the wide receiver again. We got the wide receivers, and I want to I want to I want to start it based off of that right off the top and discuss the wide receiver position because when, leaving the game, being stuck in post game traffic, I got a worm stuck in my ear. 
by someone on Twitter. And normally, I when I'm at the game, I, I'm, I'm busy, so I'm not checking the timeline. I'm not really checking mentions. I'm sort of live tweeting the game, but I'm not going back and forth with people. But this guy at CS Smith. 2219 tweeted me and asked me while I'm sitting there in post-game traffic gridlocked, is this officially worse than the James Thrash Todd Pinkston era? And I responded back to him by saying, listen, that's going to be an interesting topic of conversation. I want to revisit it at the end of the season and kind of look at it as a whole. But then I just couldn't get that out of my head because at first I was like that woman who went viral for drinking that kombucha drink. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I heard it, and I went, nah. Well, maybe. Nah. Okay. So I, 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 st- I had to look into it because James Thrash and Todd Pinkston, to me, weren't even the worst wide receiver combination in Philadelphia Eagles history. To me, it was that 2016 season when it was Nelson Aguilar. DGB. DGB and Jordan Matthews. So I went back and I looked at it. The, the guy that we're trying out right now? The guy that we're trying out right now. So I went went back and looked at it. DGB, in his only season with the Philadelphia Eagles, I also tweeted this out because I couldn't get it out of my head. 36 receptions, 392 yards, and two touchdowns. Mac Hollins right now has 10 receptions, 125 yards, zero touchdowns. JJ, a whopping two receptions, 14 yards, and zero touchdowns. In other words, if you were to project that for the remainder of the season, at this pace, DGB would have outperformed both JJ and Mac Hollins combined. But let's look at it from what C. Smith asked me, and was this worse than the James Thrash, Todd Pinkston era as far as Philadelphia Eagles receivers are concerned? And for the life of me, I couldn't relate the two because you have, you, you have Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah. Who caught a touchdown in Used the Super Bowl. Used to be one of the premier wide receivers in the league. You have Nelson Aguilar, who led the Eagles in receptions during the Super Bowl. So I couldn't quite wrap my head around that. 2001-2004, Todd Pinkston averaged. This is an average. 44 receptions. 659 yards. 3.5, three and a half touchdowns. 2001-2003, James Thrash averaged 55 receptions. 675 yards. Five touchdowns. If Alshon continues the pace that he is on, he will finish the 2019 season with 60 receptions, 628 yards, 5.3 touchdowns. So he will have slightly more receptions, less yards, and slightly more touchdowns. Nelson Aguilar, 56 receptions, if he keeps on this pace, 56 receptions, 501 yards, 5.3 touchdowns. So Alshon's on a pace for a let's say James Thrashish season, if he continue if this Philadelphia Eagles team continues on the trend that they're trend that they're going, Jeez. and Nelson Aguilar is on a sub Todd Pinkston level, that hurts. So to answer C Smith's question, which I could not get out of my head for the last forty eight hours, this might be the worst wide receiving core that the Philadelphia Eagles have had in the last twenty years. What say you to that, Gail? I don't know about that. I, I think statistically, way, it's I mean, there. Yeah, but it, statistically, stat, it's there. That's on everything. I think you know we have two like tight ends that are like you know taking some numbers away from the receivers. I think the way that the, the, we've run the football the last couple weeks. Yeah. You know the Green Bay game. You know we we've been ground and pound. Even even look Carson Wentz's numbers the last three three couple three weeks. You know um, you know I, I think. You know, I, I, I think, uh, you know, having I'd, – I'd rather have Pinkston versus uh, Mac Hollins. 
or maybe Aguilar at this moment. Well, that, well, that, well that, that's the thing. You'd rather have a lot of people over Mac Hollins or JJ on the field right now. And for the life of me, I can't understand how you expect to have sustained success not only during the regular season, but if you even hope to get to the postseason, I don't know how you're supposed to have sustained success when the opposing defensive coordinator, who again, I will reiterate, a lot of these guys have been in the league forever, have watched tons of films, and it's their job to figure you out. If on the chalkboard during the week meetings leading up to the game, they're accounting for 10 guys instead of 11 because they know... Mac is invisible, and it, heaven forbid JJ's on the same on on the field the same time as Mac Hollins. Now you're accounting for nine guys. How do you expect to have sustained success when those guys and Liam Jenkins quote tweeted um, one of these tweets and pointed out to me like part of this falls on Mike Rowe and Doug Peterson, and I absolutely yeah. agree. You have to get them involved in the point where at least they're somewhat of a threat to the point where the defenses have to somewhat game plan for the other guy on the other side of the field. The fact that you're not even targeting these guys speaks volume not only to their talent level, but where you're trying to go. Like, well, I think Peterson talked about um, you know his Mac Hollins blocking. You know, like he, he I he's I don't he's, he's a solid blocker. But okay, when, when yeah, he just when coach he, speak, man. No, yeah. but I'm saying he he is a solid, a decent blocker. But when you have guys like JJ in, it starts becoming predictable. When you're bringing these guys in, they're like, all right, they're going they're going to run on this play. Exactly. So if, I, if the only thing Mac can do is block. No, I, I think it's, it's it's a disservice to your offense. I think you know just Doug Peterson talked about him being you know the seven three or whatever. You don't you you want a guy who's going to give you something. You know, there, there's you should go back to what was the Green Bay game when they threw that that uh, fly route and he was like way out of position. Mm-hmm. He didn't even expect the he didn't even expect the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, you want guys as as a receiver, former receiver, like guys that want the ball. Like if I haven't caught a ball since September. You know, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm are, in the are, coach's office like every Aren't you like, in their ear? Yeah, like, dude, are you me, saying something? I'm like, give me a middle screen. Give me a slant. Give me something. This is also the guy that was guilty of saying he prefers to play special teams as opposed to yeah, in the that, offense. Yeah, what kind of true. mentality is that? It's just it's, it's weird. Like, you have Nelson Aguilar, a guy you pay nine plus million dollars, and he's become a gadget gadget guy. I mean, you could use on some, some screen plays. You can send him a motion. Okay, but like, you know, his, his, his gameplay for what we're paying him is ridiculous at this moment and as far as the wide receiver position as a whole like I can defend Howie Roseman and I have several times at the risk of sounding like a Howie fanboy like I'm on Howie's jock all the time I can I can defend Howie Roseman for not making a trade for a guy like Robbie Anderson when the when the price tag is a second round pick I can defend that Mm -hmm. I can defend not having a real secure backup plan for every single wide receiver position that you have, especially with a speed burner, even though he might be a little older than Deshaun Jackson, because realistically, how many wide receivers can you leave on the roster? You can't have a contingency plan for everything. But what I am struggling to defend Howie for is guys on waivers. Guys that are being cut, that are being put through waivers, like Josh Gordon, who really 
It's not an Antonio Brown situation. No. He's not a bad guy. He doesn't have any pending league, uh, litigation. He's not going to be in, uh, investigated by the league. He just likes to, you know, smoke a little reefer. He likes He's not a bad guy. Hey, listen, I can relate. He's not a bad guy. Why wouldn't you bring something like that in? Why are you letting, what is it, Dante Moncrief go to the Carolina Panthers, not even putting a waiver claim for him? Like, listen, you have yeah. to at least prove to this fan base that you are trying something, yeah. that you are uh, putting forth some sort of effort. If you want them to forget everything along the, the the trade deadline, if you want them to look past that, you bring in a guy like Josh Gordon, you look at Howie now and saying, hey, at least the man's trying. Yeah, I mean, you look at Seattle, uh, another team that were in contention with the playoffs, they took a, a shot at it. You know what I mean? Like, but I, there was news that from about Josh Gordon, how he was showing some signs of, uh, you know, showing up late, missing meetings. Uh, he wasn't being dependable. He was kind of missing here and there. Um, so, but I, with all that said, and with the state of our wide receivers, I'd still make that. Uh, I'd still make that call and bring him in because I, you know, you can give him. He can give you something. Uh, he's a playmaker. Uh, he's He's shown uh, an act to make big plays. Even even if Josh Gordon doesn't show up to meetings, is late all the time, do you think he makes more of an impact on the field than Matt Collins and J. Joe? Oh, for sure. Defense has got to respect it. There you go. What, that, like, that, that's the bottom line. Like what? like we wanted we wanted Jalen Ramsey because it shuts down the half half of the field. On offense, we're doing it to ourselves. We're shutting down half of the field. Mm-hmm. We're playing on the power play. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're playing on the power play. Well, I think, That's a great way of putting it well, because it, the, the, one of your offensive weapons isn't even being glanced at. I was lost because I don't do that hockey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you recognized it. I was like, that was, um, but in terms of like this during the bye week, they've got to figure out a way to get JJ involved. You have to scheme up plays for like when a receiver gets a catch here and there he he, he lights up you know like you got up his confidence you got to feed him get him involved uh you know if you even go back to the ravens preseason game he was in there against the ravens starters and he looked well running these slant routes this is what he does yeah you know these are these are so, sort of the same routes that alshon runs yeah. but i think you know just given you know mac collins isn't giving you anything right? so that's the thing that's the issue for me is that like if mac collins is out there doing less than nothing because i saw a stat out there he's got 126 uh, yards and penalties against him, and he's got 125 receiving yards yeah so mm-hmm. how how is someone like that how can you not pass him on the depth chart? How bad is Jay Jaw showing himself in practice that you can't pass Matt Collins on the depth chart? I mean, how bad does that look on Howie in terms of you? You know, like if 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 your if your front door is broken, you're gonna fix it. You don't just keep walking by like, eh, I'll fix it next week. Ah, you know, like the storm's coming, the door's wide open. You gotta fix that door, man. Like you can't just keep walking past. Ignoring We've got it. no door Ignoring right now. It. <laughs> it, that's 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 a disservice to your football team. That's a disservice to Carson Wentz. Um, you gotta have some guys there giving you some something. NBC Sports Philadelphia's own John Clark tweeted over the last seven games without DJX, Eagles wide receivers have had only 558 yards, 79.7 per game, fewest in the NFL. And look, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside was a second-round pick. He's not going anywhere. Mac Hollins was a roster bubble guy. We didn't even know if he was going to make the roster going into this season. J.J.'s not going anywhere. 
You have to start coaching this kid up. You have to start giving him some opportunity. You have to start incorporating him into the offense somehow, some way, to at least add an additional layer and make opposing defenses at least think about it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying get away from the strengths of your team. Again, pounding the table for the run game into two tight end sets, it's wonderful that you're doing that. It's wonderful that you simplified the offense for Carson Wentz. And I applaud Doug Peterson for taking the cards that he's dealt and trying to make the best of it. But you have two people, you have two players, you have one position that is absolutely being useless, and Evan, you hit it, you hit it right on the head, you're constantly pay, playing on the power play. You're playing a man short every single time. Um, I, Doug Peterson also mentioned that, you know, uh, JJ knew all three positions. So, I mean, he's got that ability and the versatility to, to give you something. Why aren't you not using him? Uh, I don't know. And, and 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 is he a jack of all trades, master of none type of guy though? He might be, but he's a young rookie. Like he needs to be, he needs to be groomed up. And and from what I'm hearing from people that are talking about them and, and and seeing them in practice, it's just if anything, he he struggles in gaining separation. But that really wasn't his game to begin with no. when yeah, he first got here. Go up here. and get the he's ball. A, like, you know what this guy's forty time was. You know you knew how fast he was going into the league. This shouldn't be of any surprise. The reason why you drafted that guy is because he was a 50-50 ball Alshon Jeffrey clone. Yeah, I mean he runs a f- high four four, but it's in terms of route running and like I, I think he's a, he's just a 50-50 guy. But I think he can give you something. I mean, go if you go back and watch some of his games, I just. I'm looking at how they're utilizing. I'm just like, what are y'all doing? <laughs> but to touch on my point that I had earlier with Golden Tate, if you can't work someone who's a, been a proven talent in the league like Golden Tate, what makes you think that Grow is going to be able to utilize someone like and work J-Jaw into into the offense? But you have to. That's why you know yeah. that's that's on the offensive staff. You have to. If J-Jaw all of a sudden in this second half of the season after the bye week started getting three catches a game. He becomes a threat. We we he, not only does he become the threat, but we start looking at this draft class like, look, Andre Dillard's playing great. I don't know how you put Jason Peters back in there. I don't know how you put Yoda and 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 they obviously hung on to yeah, him. Doug, a year. Doug said he's going to put him back in. That's I, his, his I don't position. know. I don't know how. Put him back, you will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you justify putting Jason Peters back in the game because you know damn right and well he's going to check himself out after the first quarter. Yeah. Like He's going to be checking himself out. I mean, Jason <laughs> Peters can do whatever he wants. So, so, but why do you say that? No, I'm You've just saying, saying it, that to me for I, the last I'm just two saying, years. He can do whatever he wants. He sh- he's shown that, right? When he's healthy. Yeah. How often is that? Tranquilo. 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 So all of a sudden you take a look at Andre Dillard who's playing well, I'm not going to say lights out, but he's playing well as a rookie and he did doing well against Cleo Mack, man, <laughs> and doing everything that he's being asked. Miles Sanders is putting up, if you look at certain statistics, is putting up like a record-breaking season for a rookie, especially in the pass game. Yeah, he's looking good. He's looking fantastic. If you can get anything out of JJ, all of a sudden that draft class. Looks really good in a draft class where you also had Clayton Thorson and Sharif Miller, you know, that are complete wastes of picks. You have to start giving this kid opportunity. And if he sucks, let us see that he sucks. You yeah. know, give defense a different look. I mean, it's it's way too early to give up on J. Joe. Like some, no, some no, I mean, absolutely. some people have written him off. Um, you know, it's just 
it's tough when you go look around the league and you see rookies that are contributing in a way that you think, you know, we should have our second round pick contributing. I mean, you see third rounders, fourth rounders that went after him who are, you know, excelling. So I think, I think in terms of uh, fans being upset, they, they look around the league and they're like, why isn't this happening in, in our backyard? I think it might. I think a confidence issue might be a part of it. I think that Jay Jaw is just not entirely. I mean, he hasn't, like you said, if you look at his stats, he really hasn't done much yet. Once, if we were to start giving him some volume early games and he gets that confidence up, maybe it'll turn it around. But it's still the it's still out on him. Right and now. it's certainly against some of these bad teams. Like again, we're gonna we're we're gonna exactly. break down the schedule and what the Eagles have to do to 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 break into the postseason. But when you but let's say you're playing the Miami Dolphins and you're up by three touchdowns. Like, I better see nothing but J.J. on the game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to throw him in the deep end of the pool. Yeah. You can't, you can't <laughs> coddle these kids. Yeah. You, you, can't, you, you can't coddle them. The other thing that I wanted to touch on, and I want to preface this by saying that, A, I am not a doctor. I went to Ryder <laughs> University. I am not a doctor. So I am not speaking from an area of expertise here. Okay. Um... I know that all of these injuries are on a case-by-case basis, and being that it is in the medical field, that you cannot look at one individual and expect one individual to react the same way that another individual reacts with treatment. What I can say, however, as a fan, and from the outside looking in, that we are now on the third year of dealing with enormous injury problems for this Philadelphia Eagles team, almost to the point of being completely decimated. Now, granted, that first year, 2017, that 2017 season, we happened to win it all. That's great. But once is by chance, twice is a coincidence, three times is a trend. And while, again, I cannot overstate this, I am not speaking from any area of expertise, I can't help but look of the last three years of Eagles medical concerns and think to myself, we have a lot of issues to address in the offseason. We've got the age of this team, we've got different positional needs, especially a wide receiver, but something that organizationally is going to have to be addressed is what do we, is something internally with the Philadelphia Eagles causing not causing, but contributing to all these injuries to the point where during the preseason, they're scared to put any of the starters into the, into the game for fear of injury. For the first time that I can ever remember as a Philadelphia Eagles fan, this team is scared, scared to put players into preseason games because they don't want them to be getting hurt. Now we're dealing with the Deshaun Jackson injury, which looks like, once again, it's been mishandled. And I know that's partially on Deshaun. I know he opted not to get the surgery. I know they consulted a lot of people. I know that other players in this league have played with a similar type of injury or done sort of like rehab and been able to get through it on their own. But we are talking about the same organization, the same medical staff, who did not detect a stress fracture in Carson Wentz's back after the Tennessee Titans game and played with, what, three or four games with a broken back. We're talking about the same medical staff who allowed Jay Ajayi to play with a broken back and then threw him into a game where he tore his ACL. Like, I don't want to 
point the finger, but are we not seeing a trend with it? nobody's this snake bitten? As soon as that medical tent went up in Atlanta, I'm like, here we go again. And we cannot go through a fourth season looking next year to a, uh, just a injury plagued roster. Yeah, well, in terms of Deshaun Jackson, like right. a lot of people. Well, you know, they were blaming the medical team, the medical staff or whatever. But, like again, like you said, he uh, did not want to get the surgery. And, I, you know, looking at the sports hernia surgeries, the study I've been looking at, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some players, once they, once they have the surgery, they don't come back. So there's, there was, uh, you know, he was well aware that if he got surgery in the beginning of the season, there could be a chance that he doesn't come back from the surgery. Uh, you look at Matt Collins, who had a sports for surgery, didn't come back. He still doesn't look right. Um, but in terms of, uh, you know, he see this, this is where uh, when I when I think about the Eagles and the medical staff, where they let him rehab, right? Mm-hmm. Like, why did they let him come back this week versus sitting out another two weeks? Like, in terms of giving him the best situation for him to succeed, wouldn't that be the best to have him not play? If he, yeah. like, in like, hindsight, yeah. Like, they can say as much as say the, the, the player decides on surgery. Okay, that, that's cool. That's fine. Or, but you can decide whether he plays this week. You know, like, you saw that interview with Deshaun Jackson. We've seen Deshaun Jackson interviews year after year. He, he looked so out of it. Like, he's like, I'm not healthy. Like, you could, see, you could hear it in the tone of his voice. Yeah. Yeah. So, to have him go out there, one play, two plays, and he's done. So, I... I, I Show some fault there on the, the medical staff right there, and and you can you can fault the medical staff for, for for what it seems like a lot of stuff. And all I'm saying, the reason I'm bringing this up is just looking towards the off season. And I don't I'm not ready to do that yet. I don't want to do that yet. But organizationally, it it it, it falls upon Jeffrey Lurie to take a look at not only the offensive coaching staff, the pro personnel group especially the drafting group, but it also is so important for them to take a look at the medical staff and how do we keep these players healthy moving forward? Because I'll tell you what, when Chip was here, I don't want, I don't want to give Chip it. Yeah, nobody was getting hurt. Heart, heart you, look at, you, you look at other teams around <laughs> the league, they're not getting hurt. I mean, people are dealing with injuries. Everyone's a little banged up this time of year. That's a cliche term. But not like the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. Not like they are now. Not like they were last year. Not with the consistency. And not even with the consistency. It's almost like you start setting your watch to it. It doesn't matter how many great moves you make, how he makes during the offseason, or how many contingency plans he has going into the season. If people are just getting hurt and dropping like flies left and right to the point where you're scared to even put people in preseason games... This speaks to a lot. This evidence of a larger problem. It needs to be. Plus, to take a step back, do you do you think that there's? Uh, do you think players around the league that are thinking about signing here think about that as well? I do, you, mean, do you think that they look at this team and see the consistency and 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 the way that this medical t- uh, staff is is acting? And well, you saw saw the former football players out there talking about how their injuries were, were handled. And some of them, you know, felt like their career, like, you know, Jordan Matthews had a, a bad Mis-diagnosis. injury. Misdiagnosis. Um, you know, it, it's a thing, you know. But a lot of these other players are, players here are getting second opinions. I would get a second opinion if I was had an injury. Like, you know, it's, 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 it's sad to see, but that's, it, it is what it is. It's been a trend. So I have done nothing, or we have done nothing collectively to bring up my spirits on the remainder of the Philadelphia Eagles season. Look at y'all hunched over, man. Like, 
Well, first of all, I'm sick as a dog. No, Gabba. don't touch me. I'm sick Gabba. as a dog. Gabba. I've, ha- I've had the flu since Buffalo. I Sitting swear to- in the rain, man. Yo, I swear to God, I'm never going to the city of Buffalo voluntarily again in my life. That was the most miserable experience. We sat out you didn't there. You think it was the- beautiful? Niagara Falls, though. <laughs> Yo, congratulations. Wow. Yeah, wow. wow, bro. Wow. Wow. I got back from Buffalo on Wednesday. I, I, I woke up and I'm my bones were aching. And I'm like, I hope this isn't what I think it is. Imagine if you went through a table. Oh, dude. And then, and then I, well, I went to Karate Mark's um, MMA class and then his cardio kickboxing class. Two minutes into the MMA class, I'm pale white and just sweating through my clothes to the point where he comes over to me. He's like, yo, dude, are you okay? I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to make I made it through the, the entire class. Three days. Nothing but on the couch. Couldn't get it. Couldn't even get out. Couldn't even get out. And I'm still trying to get over it. So thank you, Buffalo. You be drinking water, dude. Yeah, I've been trying. Stay hydrated, man. I've been trying. I've been trying. So none of this conversation so far has helped my improve my spirits as far as what the Eagles need to do going into the postseason. So let's take a look at it. Hopefully by the end of the show, I'll be a little uplifted and feel a little bit better so I can at least, while I'm coughing and sweating, I can walk out of the studio with my chin held high. The Eagles are 5-4 and right now. There are... Two really difficult upcoming games against the New England Patriots who are coming off of a bye and also coming off of a very difficult loss against the Baltimore Ravens mm-hmm. where they got spanked. Played a real team. They played a, re- they played a they real team. They had their fans crying in the stands. Too. I'm not sure if you saw that. <laughs> That's embarrassing. Oh, no, no, I, 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 that was embarrassing. I, <laughs> really embarrassing. Yeah, I was embarrassed for him. Yeah, dude, you, your team's 8-1, dude. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> I, I, I tweeted this out because I'm sure everybody saw that video by now. <clears throat> I did tweet this out. There's a entire generation of super mass holes which are just just new england i don't even know if i can say it on air new england douchers right traditional new england douchers who were spoiled by success that are going to have to lose to learn how to lose You've got these super sensitive little children who just grew up going to parade after parade after parade, like it was Halloween, like it was an annual trick or treat, it was an annual holiday, we're gonna go to parade. It doesn't matter whether it's the New England Patriots or the Boston Bruins or the Celtics or the Sox. And then all of a sudden, they're, like their, grand, their fathers and their father's fathers didn't teach these little snot-nosed punks enough to know that, listen, prior to 2001, hmm, this was the biggest, whiniest, bitchiest sports city in America because you didn't win squat and you did nothing but bitch and moan and cry about it. And then they went on an epic winning spree that'll never be seen by another city, the likes of which will never be seen by another city ever again. And now these little snot-nosed punks who were spoiled by success are gonna have to learn what it's like to lose. And when they lose one game, one game. They're undefeated up to that point. They lose one game. They're crying in the stands. Oh, you patsies. You guys suck. Boston is so soft. They're in for such a rude awakening. And trust me, I'm going to be there to see all of it. Oh, yeah. oh the memes will be ready. Yeah. That the little, memes will we be got ready. booze in the chamber. That, 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 that little... Prick with the with the sign every single parade. Twelve Super Bowls. Yeah. I'm nine years Visit. old. Yeah, and you've seen or this 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 little jerk grow up. You've seen this little spoiled brat grow up. I've been to this many parades. I've been to this many parades. Now he's a teenager. I bet you that kid. There are. I kids. hope he's unemployed. 
There are kids who just hit the drinking age that have seen 16 parades in their life. What, how did they get on this New England Patriots tangent? How did I get on this New England Patriots thing? We're just fired up. I know. I know. Gail, I think Gail brought it up. Do we uh, Do we have the videos queued up? A little bit of fan rant? All right, let's get a little fan rant, a little fan reaction. Uh, hopefully, this can lift my spirits up. Do we got Aaron Bash? Hey, what's up? This is your boy Dante from Chesterfield, Virginia. My rant from yesterday is same thing every week. Y'all wide receivers got to catch the f- ball. Get the baby all off your hands and catch the ball. <laughs> Defense, keep playing like you played in the first half. We'd be all right. Defensive back, we can't help what we got. We got what we got. We just got to help them by getting pressure on the ball. But y'all cats got to catch the football. You know what I mean? That's one thing. The defense, like, earlier in the season, right, I said the fatal flaw of this Philadelphia Eagles team was going to be the secondary. And the, la- and the lack of them being able to cover the big play. I don't know what it is about Jalen Mills and Robert Darby, but they've been playing some you pretty... Call him Robert? Huh? He's Ronald. Called... Dude, I'm sick. I got the flu. <laughs> Ronald Darby. Um, they've been playing some pretty I, damn good football. I think it's, the communication is key. I mean, like when the secondary looks solid, I mean... Uh, it's interesting that uh, you know they're going to be playing four cornerbacks up back there. Like, I think they look pretty good right now. The defense has good balance with them there because with with them being able to lock down a receiver for long enough to be able to get the D line pressure on the quarterback, <laughs> that's what we needed. I mean, Fletcher Cox. One thing, Fletcher Cox looks healthy right now. Yeah, we're seeing him like really light up the last couple couple weeks. Brandon Graham is having a career year. Man. Yeah. He's playing out of his mind this year. And Fran Dunphy did put put up some really great videos on breaking down the Eagles' defense, and especially the new acquisition, that former fourth-round pick that was here, and how they're using creative ways to kind of use him as yeah, a hybrid, the hybrid position. Uh, yeah, defensive lineman slash linebacker. Is he playing linebacker, and then at the snap he's going up, and they're stunting, and they're manufacturing pressure this way, that way. That You know, if anything, listen, I understand – the criticism for Jim Schwartz. I understand the criticisms for Doug Peterson. But if anything, they have taken the lessons that they have learned, at least in the first couple games of the season. And now you're seeing Jim Schwartz like he's not playing that vanilla same uh, post-snap read is the same as the pre-snap read for the quarterback. He is switching it up quite a bit. And the communication with the defensive backs is night and day compared to what it used to be in the first couple. I mean, we're, we're seeing press. Press man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, when was the last time we seen that? And, and they're actually playing up. I mean, that's that's a miracle for me. <laughs> like, I almost shed a tear watching some of the friends' videos. I'm like, look at this. Look this at hands is, on them. This is exactly what we, we've been waiting for. We got another video? All right, let's go with another video. All right, guys. Yo. But I am sick and tired of hearing people say that we need a B. We don't need that. That's like throwing your grenade in our locker room. We are just coming back to where we were in 2017 and becoming brothers again. We don't need that in our life. Now, I got to tell you guys something be a coach someday and attitude is just as important as talent is so i don't want to hear that anymore that we need a b because we don't it, it is an interesting geo fired up i know geo's does, fired does up seeing geo cheer you up at all it does. It always seeing Gio. Gio was at the tailgate. Seeing Gio always cheers me up, and I appreciate the video. It is a interesting place that we are 
as Eagles fans where people are actively saying that we should sign Antonio Brown as if to bring the circus to Philadelphia with the NFL's biggest clown as if he wouldn't be put on the commissioner's exempt list immediately as soon as he finds any sort of NFL employment as if the Eagles would then have to appeal that suspension and have go to bat for him Stand the way that Jerry point. Jones went to bat for Ezekiel Elliott all for what the last seven remaining games we are so desperate as a fan base that we are willing to literally put a lunatic into the locker room you think you uh, anonymous sources Orlando Scandrick on FS1 is bad you want to bring the dude who's calling his GM a cracker or who has evidence of text being sent to women with children and stuff like that all because he can catch a foot is this really where we're at as if we're that desperate that we'd be willing yeah, to bring I was in thinking, Antonio Brown Bryant. I was thinking uh, in my head seeing all the AB news and stuff with Eagle fans is like really dying for him. I'm like, are we really trading culture for catches? Trading culture for catches. You know, like, is, is this where we're at? And like, I, I understand we're desperate right now. for. Well, he's better than what we got. But well, like, yeah, dude, but have you seen, have you seen any of uh, like the reports? Have you actually went and studied some? I get it. I get it, but it's trading culture for catches. I'm not, I'm not there yet. Yeah. You want to throw that kind of, and Gio's right, you want to throw that kind of grenade into into the locker room when this locker room is is being held to get, they had to hold the only, as Malcolm Jenkins put it, they had to hold the only players meeting he's ever held had since they've been there mm-hmm. to, to, to try to hold that locker room together. You want to put that clown in there? And the, and the talks about uh, Carson not having any chemistry with his, with his receivers, you think Carson's going to be able to build chemistry with that guy? Does that, does, that, does, does that seem like a healthy match right there? I mean, it's just not it's not fantasy football. You know, you just can't plug a guy in and just expect. I mean, he, he, he is a, he's a phenomenal talent. No, no doubt about it. He's like one of those guy that, guys that is just smart at football. But outside but of life. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah no doubt. Um, I, I just feel like he, he's a talented receiver, but I, I just think he's got a lot of things going on. I think he, he needs therapy more than he needs football at this moment. Desperation sometimes makes this fan base go... A little cuckoo, a, 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 a little a little banana, a, a little overboard, and we bash other like we bash Cowboys uh, for bringing in guys, yeah. troubled guys, uh, and now we're at that level where we're, we're bringing this guy in. And you couldn't stick with the Patriots, like that. Like you're you're on your the evil third, empire. You're on your third team in, in in a calendar year from the Steelers to the Raiders. You completely race, wasted the Raiders' time. All that drama that went down there, and you think, okay, he was just. Here's what happened. He was just trying to get himself out of there so he could go to where he wanted to go to in the beginning, which is New England. He wanted to play with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. So that's why he was acting a fool with all those things. Nope, text messages surface. And this guy is a certified lunatic to the point where the Patriots go, we don't want nothing to do with you. You know his lawyers... We'd rather pay you just to get the hell out of here. His lawyers were like, do not (coughs) do what you're doing. And he did it anyway. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the signs have been... He's been showing these signs since he's been with Pittsburgh when he you know posted that video of uh, you know his head coach talking in the locker room mm-hmm. so I mean this is the kind of guy that you're bringing in like in theory he's, he's an amazing talent but it's it, it doesn't work that way mm-hmm. before we get to the Twitter questions I do remember where I was before I went on that little New England Patriots 
rant there. We were talking about the schedule and what the Philadelphia Eagles need to do to get to the playoffs and what they need to do with the remainder of this roster. They got two very difficult games coming up against New England and the Seattle Seahawks, right? Then they start this sort of five-game last home stretch where catching fire is going to be of the utmost importance. And standing at 5-4 and four right now, the least that the Eagles can do, the least that the Eagle, the, the, the least amount of wins that they need to have in order to make a successful postseason run or get into the playoffs, knowing full well the current landscape of the National Football Conference is 10-6 and six, and that has to include a win against the Dallas Cowboys. That has to include a win against the Dallas Cowboys. Because I do right now firmly believe that the only way the Eagles reach the postseason is if they win the NFC East. The wild card is not coming out of this division, plain and simple. Not the way the uh, NFC West looks, Mm -hmm. not the way the NFC North looks. Um, They're just not good enough to make, nine and seven is not going to cut it. So in essence, you are giving yourself two more losses and five more wins during the season. You have got to steal one, and I hate to use the word steal because that makes it sound like you're lesser competition than the next two opponents, but given the status of the team right now, I can't see it any other way. You have to win one of the next two games against New England or Seattle. I think you have a better shot against the New England Patriots, personally. I think the uh, Seattle Seahawks do not play to the—they can easily, more easily exploit the weaknesses— of the Eagles defense than the New England Patriots can. The New England Patriots are doing an amazing job points per game defensively and causing turnover. I believe I believe they're tops in the NFL in takeaway ratio or one of the top teams in takeaway ratio. They are putting the, that offense in advantageous positions where Tom Brady can score easily. If you're able to effectively run the ball, control the clock, same way you did against the Chicago Bears. Listen, I know that Chicago Bears defense, that was a run that was one of the top run stuffing teams in the NFL. You were still able to find success and you controlled the clock for over 40 minutes in this game. That's the way you're going to have to beat New England and that's the way they can beat New England. Seattle's a whole different animal right there. And then Miami, the Washington Redskins, the New York Giants twice, and of course the Dallas Cowboys. If you don't beat the Dallas Cowboys, I don't care how many games you win going forward, It that's the end of that. That's a wrap. Do you guys, Gail, you said it at the top, and I wanted to save it at the end. Do you see the Philadelphia Eagles as being able to complete that quest and move on to the playoffs? Do you see this Philadelphia Eagles team as as a playoff team? I think they 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 got a good shot, (coughs) and I think they have to in the next couple weeks get that identity of like if whatever if the identity is ground and pound, two tight end sets, screens here and there, play solid defense. Uh, interior pressure, I think, against the Patriots. You know, that's where this team wins against a Brady. Like, they bring that that pressure with Fletcher Cox up the middle. You make him uh, Brady uneasy. Uh, I, I think they can play some solid defense. I think they're getting healthy at the right time. This is a team I think some teams don't want to play down the road. Um, Seattle, I think... You know the the numbers are there. We've we've lost to the Seahawks what two times in a row. I think we don't match up well uh, against them. But their offensive line isn't a world beater either. So I think if our defensive line comes to play, uh, we got a shot. But you have to be. I think you have to steal two of the uh, and, and you have to beat the Cowboys. You have to. You, you got to. And you get you get you get swept by the Cowboys two years in a row. 
that can't happen. That can't happen as a franchise, as a head coach, as a players. You can't get swept two years in a row by the Dallas Cowboys. Evan, is this Philadelphia Eagles team is it can, is con- currently constructed? I'm sorry, I'm sick, I'm struggling through it. Currently constructed, is this a playoff team? Uh, as much doom and gloom is going on in this room right now, I got us at about seventy uh, percent making the playoffs. Yeah, I think I think we can make it. The problem that I have is that once we get there, I don't know how much noise we're going to be able to make with the current wide receiver situation we have, and beyond that. I can't imagine what the reaction of this fan base is going to be after not getting Josh Gordon and trying to bring him on, uh, onto our team if he lights us up against Seattle. No, I don't even want to think about that. As far as me, <laughs> listen, dude, flip a coin. Flip a coin. They have a lot to prove to themselves. They have a lot to prove to this fan base. They have a lot to prove against top contenders. We're going to learn a lot about this team in the next two weeks. I don't want to put too much stock in the victories that we just saw against the uh, Buffalo Bills and the Chicago Bears. A win is a win in the National Football League, and they're hard to come by, and they did it in an impressive fashion. Hey, listen, last year's team, they would have Carolina Panther, the Panthers that, that game away, but they found a way to win even though they took their foot off the gas. They didn't allow the Bears to get back into the game, and they and they, and they put the foot on the throat. So I, I, I'm encouraged by what I see in the last two weeks. I'm encouraged against... Uh, watching that team against the Green Bay Packers. But I need to see it against hard-hitting, heavy competition. And we're going to learn that after the bye in the next two weeks. Before we get on out of here, let's hit up a, uh, a couple Twitter questions, please. All right, so uh, SoFlow Birds wants to know, when will Grow be called out for A, not contributing at all <coughs> to the offense, B, not knowing how to integrate receivers into the offense, and C, help write crappy scripted plays uh micro needs to be done at the end of the season yeah i, I say the end of the season i think at this moment <laughs> you're you're talking about a guy who's helping him plan uh helping peterson plan for these these games i think he he has a trust factor in him um who are you going to bring in at this moment like I, I do think they need to get creative i think they have to go outside their element right now and do things that they haven't done before but it, it's definitely gonna have to be done in the off season. I, I, again, I, I give Doug Peterson a lot of credit for sort of adjusting his offensive game plan to fit the strengths of this team over the last couple weeks and again against the Green Bay Packers. I think this team has found somewhat of their identity more to lack of talent at other positions and being forced into there, but at least they're not fighting it. Yeah. All right, Into the offseason, Mike Rowe has got to go. I think Doug Peterson is a great coach. I really do. I think this team is in some desperate need of fresh eyes, yeah. mm-hmm. especially on the offensive side of the ball, especially with the assistant coaches. Uh, I'll even go as far to see Jim Schwartz. Listen, Jim Schwartz has adjusted his defensive game plan. I'm not a, a, a huge Mike uh, or Jim Schwartz guy. I'm not an anti-Jim Schwartz guy, but if he were to go at the end of the season, I wouldn't be upset about it. I, I really think that the Eagles – offensive coaching staff and maybe some of the defensive coaching staff would benefit from listen keeping Doug Peterson as the head coach but just fresh eyes yeah I think fresh eyes would do this team a lot of good there's that saying uh, you're the sum of the five people you surround yourself with and I think in terms of Doug Peterson the people that he's surrounding himself with he's got he's got to up the ante in that department Absolutely. What else we got? So T. Shads has some uh, wire cutters in his hands right now. And he <laughs> wants to know, how hard do you think it would be to cut the brakes on Matt Collins' stupid bike? 
Oh, wow, violence has uh, broken out in the Eagles. Of all the Twitter questions, that's the one you picked? <laughs> all right, let's try another one. Um, Nick wants to know, uh, we, we had a little uh, problem with the, um, with the tailgate, so is G2 the new uh, hotspot? For the tailgate, that's that's a that's a great question. You know the the whoa the, whoa <coughs> the new location certainly had its advantages. Uh, the grass, you know, having that wide open like that, a lot of people came up to me and said, "Yo, this should be the new spot. We enjoy it here. It's a little bit more wide open. We got more room to kind of like we're not on top of each other." It was a big tailgate, like it was a big tailgate, but at least we had all that nice space crowd. to go mm-hmm. out. We started having discussions as a family about oh, it what? because, uh, you know, we got big involved. We got Ma involved and, you know, Ma's the, the, the matriarch of the tailgate family. And she was down for it up until the point where I brought up the issue. Like, look, the reason why we were in F1 to begin with before this fourth and John tailgate was even like a thing where we were tailgating there for years is because all the people that were in section 639 of Veterans Stadium, all the people that we sat with were in that same row. And that meant a lot to us. We didn't see, we don't see these people except for game days and we exchanged Christmas cards, but they mean the world to us. So if we were to move move parking lots, even even over, we would we would in turn want to try to convince all those people that we've that I've been seeing at Veterans Stadium since I was a little kid. I mean, just a boy. Uh, we would have to convince them to come with us, and that was kind of the deal breaker. G lot, great lot, love the grass. We're keeping an F one, and then F one is in the Fourth uh, and John intro. That's got nothing to do with it. I'm just saying. Yeah, we, we, listen, Piccolo could always cut a new intro. We could always cut. We could always cut a new intro. You can't. can't, you, can't you can't cut can't new. Fr- you can't cut old friends. You can't cut old friends. That's it. For, listen, our family's based on loyalty. That's why we've always been. So as soon as we even brought not seeing those other people up, it was a done deal. F1 is where it stays. What else you got? Uh, just plain true. <coughs> also, no, we, we've talked a lot about uh, wide receivers, but do you think we should take a flyer on Eric Berry as the uh, third safety? Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm up for bringing anybody in. Eric Berry? I, I think they they got Craven coming back. They got um, you know they could they could actually move uh, Rasul into a, maybe a safety they, role. They, I mean, you they, have Avante. They they're never gonna do that. You, you know, Avante. Yeah, yeah. But you know, seeing what they did this past weekend, you know, getting rid of uh, Sandejo and and having those four cornerbacks out there instead of a safety out there, that was intriguing to me. Uh, but then also you got you got that fourth round. Comp pick coming back. That's pretty nice. Yeah, they're cutting Zendaya. But I'll tell you what, bringing a guy back like Eric, bringing a guy in like Eric Berry would be the ultimate anti-Antonio Brown move. Because you want to talk about a leader. You want to talk about a guy who's got his head on straight. Yeah. I'm not sure how much he's got left in the tank. Yeah. Maybe you want to talk about run. a quality locker room that would help you get into the play where you're not where you're not sacrificing culture for catches. In mm-hmm. fact, you are bolstering the culture yeah. in your locker room. Eric Berry would be. It's funny that no one sniffed uh, Eric Berry this season. <laughs> yeah. A guy of his uh, caliber. His caliber yeah. Then yeah. again, if the Eagles come knocking and you have you know some medical history, do you really want to go? Do you, do you really want to go play for Philadelphia right now? Do you really want to come play for Philadelphia? Before we get on out of here, uh, of course, at the Design Tree Shop, holiday season is right around the corner. So the, right now they're offering uh, $15 off of any order 
over $50 using um, the promo code hoodie season SZN at the end of that. We want to spend a, send a special thank you to, as always, Bud Light for not only the tickets for the, uh, you guys yeah. went uh, to the game. Great seats. Thank you so much. <laughs> but also the uh, the 10 cases of beer for the tailgate and Concha Hawk and Bakery, of course, their, uh, their tomato pies and all the food they provided at the tailgate was once again and, uh, a hit with everybody. Gail, do you got anything to add before we get on out of here? I just think it's like it's soul searching time with the fans, with the players, with the organization. You just got to believe that they're going to get it together. I think this is the right time to have this buy. Uh, they have one of the biggest games of the season uh, and one of the biggest tailgates for us against the Patriots. I think uh, everyone's just got to get their mind right. Evan, any final thoughts? I'm, th- I'm glad we got through the whole show without talking about that stupid cat on the field last night. Oh, that was awesome, wasn't it? I know. I enjoyed that. That was the best thing for social media. I, like I, for once, I didn't post many memes. I was just watching all the memes yeah, go around. Yeah, it was kind of big. No, <coughs> looked like he was on steroids. Yeah, he was a little bulky. Husky <laughs> must be Will Fay. Maybe the maybe the uh, the Eagles should go ahead and sign him. Uh, I don't know if I'm walking out of here feeling any better than I did walking in, and I'm not talking about just having the flu or being sick. I don't know if my confidence is right. I'm looking forward to the bye week. I am looking forward to a stress-free Sunday where I don't have to worry about Philadelphia Eagles football. However, I do think, again, if they steal one of the next two games and if they catch fire at the right time, if they continue to do the things defensively that masks the defensive coverages and confuses offenses, if they continue to play to the strengths of this team, and if they start to incorporate some sort of pass game and get J.J. involved somehow, some way, to the point where you're not on the power play on offense, Mm -hmm. that the Eagles can indeed make the playoffs. I will speak it into existence, as you say. Gale. And until when. next time, when, 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 until next time, let's go birds. And we will see you next week right here at NBC Sports Philadelphia Studios. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.